If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by making his return and I'm so happy to have it, the Reverend Jared Petty. Doki Doki, it's been years. Thank you for having me. I am so glad to be here. I'm sitting here right now at Limited Run Games, my new gig, representing Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, uh, by the way, you know, I, I, I'm now moved over to the dark side of the force in a publishing game. So please buy KOTOR from us because it's really cool. <laughs> you can get KOTOR physical on Switch. That's awesome. There's only a few more days left to pre-order. Please, please grab this game. KOTOR's great. And we got it. So anyway, look at that. Look what I have become. I love it, I Jared. I love here. it. The dark, I'm you here with Tim the dark side, you got KOTOR. It makes a lot of sense. I love that you're at limited run games. Like that is just kind of the, the ultimate end for you. Like this, this is, this is, you've done it, Jared. You, you, you to totally achieved peak Jaredness. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the perfect place for me. This is, I, I, I get to work on books. I get to work on games. It's indie land. It's, it's physical media and collectibles. I actually care about the stuff we're making. I love love working here it's been so much fun already and i'm barely getting started but i want to thank you tim for having me i was i was telling you this right before the show i was watching an old clip of you and i gushing about breath of the wild and i was just like i have to reach out to those guys i miss this i love this it's such a privilege to be here thank you for inviting me today Oh my God. Well, first off, I am congratulations on your new gig. I'm so happy you're happy, but I'm also so happy to have you back here for this kind of funny games daily. This is the new show where every single weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, we get together to run you through all the video game news that you need to know. And today, let me tell you, it's a big day because this is the day post the game awards so we're talking winners we're talking announcements we're talking about a whole lot of stuff and i would not rather do it with anyone else than the man the myth the legend jared petty of course you can watch the show live on twitch you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get the show as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong uh but remember if you do not have bucks to toss our way, that is fine. You can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, anytime you're buying something on the Epic Game Store, and that will help support us. But if you do have dollars to toss our way, you want to go to patreon.com slash games where you get to get this show ad-free with the exclusive post show. That's fantastic. You could also be a Patreon producer, just like Pranksy, Blackjack, or Greg Miller returns to content next month. Nick should quit now. So remember, uh, you can leave a message that we will read at the beginning of every episode if you want to be a Patreon producer. So that's a that's we, a fun we little. We will choose what messages to read, though. I mean, Kevin, I don't know why you say that as if the best friends out there are going to say something crazy, something horrible, something ridiculous, like Greg Miller returns to content next month. Nick should quit now. You know what I mean? <laughs>
You know, uh, I, so- I, for one, admire Kevin's uh, dedication to curation. I, I think I think that's a wise caution, Kevin. Be the buffer that this world needs. I, mm-hmm. I have looked at what people have tried to slip into your wrong before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that the community, while very positive, is also very sneaky. So I think Kevin's Kevin's right here. That is true, but you're wrong. Free. This not free <laughs> decidedly not free uh so hey you know what motherfuckers give us that money and we'll test me test me with the best don't, you got notice don't. i didn't say worst i didn't say worst kevin i said best i said okay. best speaking of best i got some housekeeping for you we got the best live reactions around to the to, to the game awards you can check them out ah. over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games our full live reactions are live now and andy got to play through the matrix awakens already uh and he has a whole video up on that channel as well that you can check out i am so excited i got it downloaded and i cannot wait to play later today did you see this jared oh yeah yeah i saw it absolutely i i, well, I watched game awards last night I had a delightful time just sitting back kicking my feet up taking it all in absorbing that three plus hours of uh video game bliss and also commercials about vermintide exactly there was a lot of vermintide not a lot but enough definitely more than enough <laughs> but whatever yeah more we'll than enough about... vermintide. i think we can get it <laughs> we'll talk about all of that but for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report <laughs> Time for some news. We have three stories today. A baker's dozen. But the three stories are stacked. Let me tell you what. Because story number one is all the Game Awards winners. We got a ton of winners, Jared. I want to actually start from the top. What is your take on the Game Awards? You watched the entire three hours last night. Let me know where you're at. I think the Game Awards are a mixed blessing. Uh, I think the Game Awards are an opportunity at the very best to get together and have those wonderful video game church get hyped moments where we celebrate last year's successes. We look forward to next year's biggest games. I love that end of it. I love that all these people that love games are coming together in one place. I especially love the music. Uh, I'm an old man, so I even like Sting. Uh, and I, I, so I'm good with a lot of that. Obviously, like all award shows, the Video Game Awards exist to sell commercials. Uh, that's how you fund the video game awards. That's how you make it happen. And I get that. Uh, and sometimes at a three plus hour length, that can get a little tiring. Not every announcement is a get hype moment. And so pacing aside, uh, I think that the best parts of the game awards are the celebrational ones. I think the parts where we're kind of like, okay, guys, we really could do with a little less of this and a little more focus on say, you know, RPG of the year beyond a five second blip. Uh, I think that that could be improved. I think Jeff has worked every year to refine this and it's still an evolving product. It's only like seven years old, but by and large, I'm a fan of what the game awards could be. And I'm a fan of the best parts of what they are. You? Yeah. I think that's that's extremely well said. I'm a, a mega fan of the Game Awards, and I, I really think that Jeff and the team put on a fantastic show that, of course, is is far from perfect. I don't even want to say it's close to perfect. Um, I do think that every year it gets better. I think that this year uh, continues that trend, um, and I think that better comes with bigger. I think that it's there's more access, there's more understanding, there's more celebration, more avenues uh, to kind of celebrate. I love how we are now kind of really understanding what the Game Awards 
show is, uh, which is not mm-hmm. just an award show. It is, like you were saying, also uh, a press conference for everybody on to share a stage and to to announce their titles. Um, and it's interesting in kind of comparison to traditional award shows like the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever, where they also are funded by commercials and stuff. They're just actually during commercial breaks. And I feel like right. with this, there is that that balance between what are clearly commercial breaks in this like when we start cutting to the facebook stuff and um the vermitide and all that right like uh that is those are like more traditional commercial breaks like as if you're watching hulu right and you don't pay for the premium service and it cuts to these bullshit commercials but then there's also just the announcement trailers that are also commercials but they're the commercials we want to see (laughs) because we want to get excited about these games and that's where i think it gets a little bit more cool let's judge this as a press conference um because this is similar to a state of play or a nintendo direct where cool there's hopefully that one or two amazing things but then there's also a bunch of announcements that either aren't for you as a gamer or are like okay clearly this is just some like bought space whether it's actually bought with money or bought with like types of deals or just placement and all that stuff uh i think i want to live in the oh sorry i want to live in the metaverse like the the, uh, pardon not metaverse the multiverse dimension where like we have the game awards but instead of the game commercials in between we have like like morning cable commercials like like cnn commercials so it's all just like viagra and Jesus. and like health insurance and stuff like yeah. that and then it cuts back to jeff and while i'm joking i do wonder if that would take some of the fatigue feeling out I'm three hours of game trailers does kind of wear you out a little bit uh, and i, I think don't that, know i i, I think that you're, you're you're onto something here it's actually one of my biggest criticisms of the game awards as a whole is that i think a lot of people's kind of major criticism is oh it's all just commercials too much commercials and it's like the problem is even the good things are commercials. So yeah. we need to kind of differentiate them from the, the bad commercials, but that's difficult because those are the advertisers that want to advertise to this audience. And let me tell you, this audience is huge and it's growing every year. Um, last yeah. year from, from 2019 to 2020, the game awards audience went from like 40 something million to 80 something million. And that's, pandemic era right we are now pandemic era with the bigger production with the full on stage with the understanding that gaming is more mainstream than ever i can't wait to see the numbers drop for this i would not be surprised if they cross the 100 million mark um so with that it kind of explains a lot of the decisions made and why we get what we get um my biggest issues besides what you're saying the kind of sameness over three hours because that is a long show uh is the pacing and it's another thing that production wise you can kind of explain as oh it's front loaded because uh greg miller made a really good point last night like that's when the most eyes are on it like that when the thing starts people are there let's get all the biggest celebrity moments let's get the biggest announcements the most hype mainstream uh articles uh, or headlines out there uh and then it kind of peters off and unfortunately that has been a problem the game awards has had every year um especially in the last couple years when i think they've been very high quality but that quality is brought down when there is an hour of kind of like the bad commercials we're talking about mixed with eh, announcements. Yeah. Um, and- I, I didn't realize how dependent the game awards are or were on Sakurai until this year, like <laughs> uh, in a world, in a world without smash announcements. Like, I don't know what to do with the game awards anymore. I'm like, the lights aren't going to go down. Joker's not magically going to appear. What am I going to do? Like, but those, those kind of little moments, um, I did miss a little more this year, especially you said we, we moved toward the end of the conference and it was, I think 
there's I'm not on the business end of it. I, I'm glad Jeff put an award show together for our industry, a legitimate award show that isn't some like, you know, FX crap and or Spike TV or something like mm-hmm. that. But I do think it's too long and you could talk about pacing, but you can't make the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king every year. Like pacing yeah. a three hour program of any kind is almost impossible. No, and totally. But I think I, it's I, I just think... got to be shorter. I, but so I, I think while I agree with you in a perfect world, I think it has to be this length in order for it to exist. Like that is the problem There's is like they are renting this theater. They are putting on a show uh, for the industry, but then also for a hundred million people watching. And that is eyes. Right. That is ad space. That is a, a, a way to make money to then fund the next right. thing, not just the next game awards, but the next summer game fest and make this even bigger and bigger. Like we were not getting major announcements from all the big dogs at the game awards consistently until a couple years ago. And now right. when Nintendo doesn't make an announcement, it's kind of like a, a bummer as opposed to uh, a major deal before when it would like, we got a ton of big announcements last night. Um, but I do think that the middle of the show, uh kind of just gets a little monotonous and then something that i've just learned that there's a pattern now is we don't get major crazy announcements towards the end of the show there is not going to be a one more thing it is interesting that it does seem like the game awards is front loaded with the hype commercials and it kind of turns back loaded with the actual awards themselves the game of the year award is the final moment it is the kind of climax of, of the show and i think that that's pretty cool you know, I know a lot of people um, have their thoughts on uh, the awards aspects of, of the show. And I, while I don't think anybody's necessarily wrong, I do think that a lot of the arguments are half-baked when it comes to wanting this show to be something different than it is. It, the show is clearly going down a path and it's going to continue to refine that vision. And that vision is not going to be going through every single award and every single nominee and allowing people to go on stage and speak for as long as they want. And in my opinion, I don't think that that's a wrong call. Like there has to be parameters. This is entertainment they're creating and they're celebrating these creators. And that results oftentimes in beautiful moments. It also results in times like Doug Bowser going on stage and giving a really, really bad pitch about Metroid Dread uh, <laughs> to receive the award. And it's like that that's the, the give and take of it all. And the thing is, I we need to support these uh developers we want to celebrate it that's the whole point of the game awards i love the game awards as a celebration of video games from every aspect but there are award shows like gdc there are award shows like dice like bafta like the igf all of those those are way more similar to what people are asking for and nobody watches those so that's the problem and they exist they totally exist and they allow developers to go up and give their speeches and celebrate it all and it's just it's a chicken and the egg thing where People watch this for a hundred million people watch this for a specific thing. I like to believe that they can fine tune it closer to what something like BAFTA or DICE does uh, in terms of presentation. I think that would involve Jeff actually stepping away from the camera quite a bit um, and allowing other luminaries to have more prominent parts in the presentation. Uh, I think making it more like an Oscars type presentation, for example, where, where you really are dividing the talent up a little more, I think it'd be very helpful. I also think that there's this terrible baked in problem that we haven't talked about yet where video game folks are used to that E3 press conference. That's a very templatized kind of thing. I, I've worked on some of these now in my career uh, on, on the inside. And those are built around pacing and they're built around that big opening and they're built around having a good middle and you've got to stick that landing. And when you don't, boy, do you ever pay for it? 
the Game Awards is trying to serve an audience that watches 15 press conferences a year that all follow that format with the big finish. And they come in because there's announcements expecting the same kind of thing from the Game Awards, which is something it, because of its commercial structure, doesn't deliver. And that's a very difficult math problem for, for I mean, Jeff is juggling chainsaws uh, trying yeah. to make this work. I, I, just, I, I get what you're saying. I just disagree because I don't think that the other press conferences make it work. Like what you just said is pitching the ideal of what the 15 press conferences a year we get are. I think we're lucky if we get two or three that kind of have that level. And usually we get one of those. Oh, from, I agree. From a Nintendo Direct uh, every once in a while or from uh, PlayStation, not the state of play, but the bigger PlayStation 5 meeting events or just uh, PlayStation uh, 2022 or 2021 um, showcase they did. Those had those type of moments. Those were built that way um, and planned and produced to be exciting in that fashion. Game Awards, I think, is the only other one kind of doing that and they're the only one doing it for everybody, for third parties and for the big three altogether. That's the part I like. Yeah, that's, again, it's juggling chainsaws. There's so many variables uh, for him to deal with every year, for the creators of this to deal with every year. And I do agree with you, by the way, uh, and what you said about that. Um, it is just an extraordinary dance, and most people don't land press conferences. It's what people want. It's their vision of what it yeah. should be, and that's why you hear so much year after your criticism about it is because people want you to stick that landing and they're so disappointed when you don't even though it's very very rare that actually happens i am with Absolutely. you tim gettys but the game awards are a celebration of this beautiful medium at their best moments we are handing people trophies for great artistic achievements and we are celebrating games that we want to play that are about to come in and so much of the evening despite all the pacing is still about that and that's why i watch that's what I like, and that's what we're here to talk about. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing I want to say before we move on to the winners themselves is something I don't see talked about enough from this show in particular, last night's show, is it's easy to break this up into, okay, cool, there is the announcements, there are the winners, and then there are the commercials, and the commercials fall into good commercials or bad commercials, right? I do think that this show introduced another element that they've been growing the past couple years, but I think this is the first year they – maybe didn't nail it, but I think did it uh, the, the most positively they ever have, which is focus on different elements of the games industry with things like the future class showcase they did. Yeah. Sure, like a lot of these things were commercials, but they were good commercials that weren't game announcements. They're focusing yeah. on important matters in the industry and around the industry and introducing us to people that we might not be familiar with. And then I know all of us are familiar with uh, Khalif from Spawn on Me and like that focus on the yeah. Lesson in Blackness video with Paris and, and Blessing and all of them like it is amazing that that got showcased uh, in front of 100 million people right like yes. and with, with and it wasn't just like a throwaway thing it's like that that all eyes on this we're talking about this and that is a commercial so for all of us to be here like oh it's just commercials it's just commercials it's just commercials it's like yeah but what are those commercials and again i'm not arguing that all of them are good but i am saying the balance is better this year than it's ever been not just the things i just named also how many times were codes given away yesterday that pete hines yeah. bethesda thing that was a commercial <laughs> trying to get people to work at bethesda it was a, a recruiting call which is awesome grow the industry find the talent from yeah. the actual audience itself and in addition to that here's some giveaway codes they weren't the only ones to do that a ton of codes were given away the focus on yeah. music in this show is so incredible and i know that people like to lump it in of like oh, i'm not here for the music performance well millions of people are because not only i am I, and so I am i am 
absolutely. You watch the YouTube videos uh, years later of some of these performances, and they have millions of views. People going back and celebrating these moments. And sure, back in the day, it would be like, how many celebrities can we get in and perform a rap song? It hasn't been that for years. It is now, how do we celebrate video game music? Not just with the Game of the Year medley, but the Cuphead announcement was awesome. That was such a fun oh. thing, right? Uh, the the tribute to, um, to Supergiant. Like, those are the type of moments where it's like, it's not just Imagine Dragons, the rock group. It's them trying to celebrate video games. And I really, really think that that is truly, truly special. Um, in addition to things like Riot announcing their sessions music thing that allow it's just even more DMCA free music for streamers. This show celebrated gamers in so many different ways. And I, I cannot wait to see the show continue to go down this path. Yeah, I think it'll be better again next year. I agree with you that it's improved every year. And I think it'll be better again. Um, and that's the nature of art. It, you refine it, you know, I, I, and we've griped about the commercials, but you know, I've worked in marketing for years now. Like you sell video games. That's okay. It's okay to sell fun. It's an industry. That's also an art form. That's also a toy factory. And this celebrates that. So fucking a. Yeah. So let's get into it. The winners. All right. Have, let's if you could please bring it up. Here we go. The first one we're going to go through is best esports event, the 2021 League of Legends World Championship one. That is definitely not a surprise. That is always a huge mega event every year. And if you guys want to see insane hype moments, and even if you don't care about League of Legends, just YouTube the opening to this uh, event. It is bonkers. Uh, next up, Kev, if you can hit the previous category, please. We got best esports coach. Uh, we got Kim Jong Un. Next category. I am not going to pretend to know anything about this. Yep. No, we'll speed through uh, the ones that we don't know too much. Best yeah. esports team uh, goes to the Counter-Strike Global Offensive Team, Natus Vincere. Best esports athlete goes to Alexander Simple. Kevin, if you could scroll down just a bit more so I can see the things. Thank you. Next one. Um, notice how just like the game awards, I'm also speeding through the winners, Jared Petty. Uh, best esports game, League of Legends. <laughs> League of Legends. Uh, most anticipated game, it is Elden Ring. No surprise. If it's going to be an event around one of the, the, the Keeley events, the audience wants Elden Ring. No matter what it is, no matter how much people have played or haven't played this game, this game wins it all. <laughs> Yes, because we all know that everybody wants to play Elden Ring more than Zelda 2. That's that's definitely the reality that we live in. Um, but you know what? I don't care because I got that little robot pot man. And I know people made fun of pot man, but I myself, big fan of pot man. Uh, I think that pot man is a delight and I hope that we see him at E3. You know, those weird little mascots walking around the floor. I'm really hoping I get my picture taken with pot man soon. I do too, Jared. Live your best life. Uh, next yep. category, please, Kev. Best debut indie, Kane of Bridge of Spirits. Let's go. This made me so damn happy to see. I keep saying yeah. it. Oh, yeah. This game was was very, very, very good. Uh, the art style was fantastic. So much love and care and ideas were amazing. I cannot wait to see what their second project is, though. I think that we are going to see an Uncharted to Uncharted 2 type situation. An Assassin's awesome. Creed to Assassin's Creed 2. Like, Kana's a special game. Uh, they just need a little bit larger of a scope and a little bigger of a budget. But, my God, do they have the talent. Did you get a chance to play well, this one? 
they're they're gonna they're gonna get it. I mean, this this already confirms what we all knew that they're gonna get the resources to make that happen. So I, I'm excited to see what I think that, like you said, Uncharted to Uncharted two or Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed two is an excellent comparison. But yeah, I I mean, as a debut indie, this is is spectacular. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And then the Valheim people are all crying somewhere. <laughs> uh, content creator of the year, we got Dream. Uh, that what, what's a dream? He's, uh, it's a Twitch, wish your heart it's makes. a twitch yeah, there you go there you go but it's a he's a twitch streamer uh moving on best multiplayer to it takes two okay yeah I, I i i i like this one um it, it, taking a game that has to be played two player i mean i i think about a way out which actually i i kind of prefer to it takes two really um, but that might be the first yeah, person but, i've ever heard say that but I think about uh, I, I think about what happens when you get two people together and you just go the route uh, to make a game so this idea that you have to have two people goes all the way back to the beginning of video games. I mean, Pong, you had to have two people, right? Because they didn't have space to write an AI. And to return to that like original OG video game design philosophy where you have to have somebody else to enjoy the experience in any way, I think it's very brave. And for them to stick the landing on it like that, yeah, this is a this is a fascinating and wonderful choice. Multiplayer doesn't have to mean online shooter. Now, I do think Monster Hunter Rise had a case here, and I totally understand people that feel wounded there because that's a special game built around four-player interaction, and uh, I know that it's iterative, but it's by far the best iteration in the history of the franchise. Uh, so very much, uh, I, th I understand people's pain there, but what about you, Tim? I, I think, I think it takes two is a, is a pretty good choice here for this. I mean, I love it. I mean, this is the type of thing I want to support more of this type of gameplay. I love co-op games. I love, uh, narrative. I, I love single player experiences, like single players, narrative campaigns. And I love co-op games. This kind of did both for me. Right. And I also, I love 3d platformers. I love romantic comedies. Like it takes two is really special and it winning best multiplayer. I, it does surprise me, but I'm very happy for them. Moving on. Go I'm getting hyped here. Oh. Best sports racing game, Forza horizon five, not a surprise. This game is fantastic. Everyone that's been playing, it's been loving it. And more people have played it than any Forza before because of the power of game pass. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to hot wheels unleashed being nominated. Yeah, that is fantastic. Out. And I love to see it. Uh, but hell yeah, Forza well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I agree with you there. Hot wheels was delightful, but I mean, Forza is just, it's just something special. It's got that, that burnout magic, man. It's got mm -hmm. it there. I love mm -hmm. it. Burnout paradise magic. Found it again. Uh, best sim strategy, Age of Empires 4. This is an interesting one. I think Inscription was uh, was the fave from the people that did play it, but I just don't think enough people played it to, to get the votes. And Microsoft Flight Simulator is rough because it won this last year on PC. This is just the Xbox version, which also got 10s, but that always gets weird. Inscription was robbed. Uh, this is this is where I'm just going to be a big grumpy man. Inscription was absolutely robbed. Next up, we got best family game. It takes two. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. Uh, okay. But yeah, it, there's there's Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snaps, Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare. This is typically the Nintendo category of like, eh, we want to give an award to Nintendo because they have amazing video games, but they're not necessarily going to beat 
the latest and greatest on next gen. Uh, but here we have It Takes Two kind of out Nintendoing Nintendo in a lot of ways. Uh, but Jared, what, what's your take on this winning best family game? I have I have thoughts. Okay, so Tim, again, I, I don't want to come across negative. I love so many of these games. It takes two, I don't believe is a good choice for best family game. It's a good choice for other awards, but not for this one. Um, I think that families, first off, families can just be two people. A lot of families are two people. My family is two people. We don't have children. And I do like the fact that they recognize that element of that in this choice. But this is also a game that's implicitly about two people's relationship with their child and with one another. And it's not a game about a two-person family. It's a game about a three-person family that has a message about what a family should be that I'm not sure is good for everybody playing it involved. Um, there's a lot to be said for, hey, let's make things work through hard times. But I have deep firsthand experience with people that stay together for the sake of their kids and the damage that can do. And I don't like the idea that this is a game that's going to teach us necessarily about a family value and put it in this category where kids should take that perspective where this is how parents should think about their children. This is how couples should think about one another, not comfortable with this particular choice because of that. Uh, was I clear or was that all awkward yeah, no, and confusing? You were super clear. And I think that there's a lot of people kind of with that viewpoint and I don't necessarily think I disagree with it. I, I, I think that it's interesting that, you know, families are different and uh, that yes. those dynamics are different to everybody. So I, I think it's kind of cool that, something can kind of actually have a point and be a little darker, uh, even if we're thinking of kids having to experience this and and, and deal with it, uh, compared to something like new Pokemon Snap, you know? Um, so I, I appreciate that this is a weird call, but I also appreciate it was a call that ma was made. But we'll see. Yeah. I'd feel better about it if this were a game about a, about a husband and a wife dealing with their separation and it wasn't centered around their child, I'd actually be much more comfortable as a best family game if it was just a family of two. It's that family of three and yet, so is this a game for you and your kids? I'm not sure this is a message that's appropriate for a lot of families uh, just based on my own anecdotal experience. Others may disagree. Uh, but yeah, not my favorite pick. Um, uh, I do think that there's still room for a challenging game about family in this category, just not this one. Moving on, we got Best Fighting Game, Guilty Gear Strive 1, one of the most beautiful-looking games I have ever seen in my life. Uh, next up, Best Role-Playing Game. Jared, you want to take this one away? Yeah, okay. Um, sure. Uh, Tales is a good game. I, I don't know what Cyberpunk's doing here. Uh, I, I really never did get that one. The rest of these are superb RPGs. Monster Hunter Rise is kind of an action RPG, and I'm a weird purist, so I'm okay with it not winning here. But these other three are all excellent experiences. I, I think you could have really, you could have rolled a die on uh, on on the rest of these. I think Tales is a worthy winner in this category. Um, I don't think it would have been my pick, but I'm very glad for them and comfortable with them on it. And you? 
I have nothing to say about this category <laughs> at all. I wanted yeah, you to, I, to give this category the love it deserves. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to give Mega Ten more time before I jump in. My problem with Mega Ten is I'm such a Mega Ten fanboy that I've got to be a little bit careful about uh, about projecting too much of that bias on it until I actually finish that game. But I, I think I'm very comfortable with a good Tales game winning here. Absolutely. Plus, the Tales series, people forget, a lot of those games are really, really good. Yeah, you know, Shout out to Symphonia, man. Go play that game. Music's fantastic in that one. That's fantastic. all I know. Uh, next up, we have Best Action Adventure, Metroid Dread. This one definitely made me very, very happy to see win. Uh, the idea that not only does Metroid Dread exist, but it is a fantastic video game and it is winning awards at the Game Awards. I just love to see it. I hope that this is a, a good sign of what's to come for the continuation of Metroid. And I hope that we don't go back into another Metroid drought like we seem to often do every two or so generations. Tim Geddes, last week, uh, a couple of really bad things happened, and I was feeling very depressed. So I went and I pulled up the kind of funny reactions to the Metroid Dread trailer, and I watched Tim Geddes explode and shout about the Mad Men and how they did it. And I felt better afterward. Hell yeah. Uh, watch Hell it. Yeah. Because Metroid Dread, first off, the hype was amazing, but they stuck that landing. What a video game. I This is... This is the classic quintessential action game. A absolutely spot-on perfect pick for this category. Very stoked about it. Uh, next up, we got best action game. Returnal got it. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought Returnal got snubbed from the game of the year category itself. So it's great to see this win this year. And I am not surprised. I think this is a very well-deserved win. Returnal, not my thing, weirdly. But uh, very that is for it. it's ob- shocking, Jared. <laughs> it's objectively a good game. Like I, I will not deny it. It is objectively a good game, but it didn't suck me in. Wow, uh, those type of like, arcade action games. Like I know it's a little bit more of a AAA presentation, but I, I thought that would be right up your alley. I may have to go back to it. Um, that 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 may be the problem. I, I'm not crapping on Returnal. It is a good video game. I'm just surprised it didn't suck me in more. Uh, best VR AR, we got Resident Evil 4, the game that keeps on giving. Next up, we have innovation in accessibility given to Forza Horizon 5. The one thing I really want to say is I love how varied this uh, category is from big-ass games. And I love that big-ass games are all taking accessibility seriously enough that we have this list of games being nominated. And I think that that is going to really kind of push the standard uh, that has already, I think, been set by sony and microsoft um over the last couple of years and continue to just innovate more and more uh and to standardize a lot of uh, things that need to be standardized in games to make them as accessible as possible to as many people as possible the world is a dark and terrible hellscape but accessibility in games gets better every year amen uh best community support goes to final fantasy 14 online best mobile game goes to genshin impact best indie uh, oh okay well let's talk about it what do you got it's it's a gotcha game i it's a high quality gotcha game but it's still a gotcha game i i can't i'm sorry just <laughs> there's too many people out there making real video games i i not a fan of this one i look at some of the stuff on uh, the way that apple arcade is has revolutionized uh high quality games on mobile and Genshin Impact is ultimately about taking money from you a little piece at a time. 
kind of I, I got no use for that. Uh, then next up, we got best indie again. Kana Bridge of Spirits. I love to see it. Uh, this getting both best debut and best indie making me very very happy because I, I truly think it's deserved. Um, and I just love this list again of, of indie games like Death's Door. Very 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 good game. I think a lot of people wanted that one to win, but I just love that Kana is an indie game, but it doesn't look like an indie game. It doesn't yeah. look. It's not top down. It's not a two D platformer. It's not a, a basic old school RPG. It is. It looks more similar to God of War than it does anything I just said. Like, that is crazy, you know? It is an innovative, revolutionary game. Um, Inscription was robbed. Everyone play Inscription. Jared Petty says Kana is Kana is, Kana is. Have you played Inscription? I have not yet. Oh, my God. I'm not like, into card games like that. Digital card games oh, stress no, me out. No, no, you aren't. That is not a digital card game. Okay. That yeah. is, don't think how to for boyfriend. Think Doki Doki Literature Club. Think Undertale. You're think not Frog speaking Fractions. my language. I'm telling you right now, Jared. <laughs> you're, right. you're pushing me away. <laughs> uh, you, we're, we're talking about a game that's like nothing you've ever played. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. you have okay. never, you have never experienced. There's, here's what I love. Here's my inscription pitch. Um, in in thirty seconds. Inscription is a video game that could only be a video game. It is a story that could not be told in a movie or a book or a TV show or any other way. It can only exist as a video game. Keen is awesome. It's beautiful. It deserves accolades and love, and it's an incredible product. But it's still something that could be a storybook or something that could be a movie. There is no way to tell the story of Inscription except in a video game. And that's what impresses the hell out of me about it. Check it out, everyone. Inscription. Uh, Next up, we got Best Ongoing, Final Fantasy XIV. Again, getting some love. Shout out to them. Yeah, I loved loved watching Twitter get so happy when that happened. Good for Final Fantasy XIV. Good for Final Fantasy XIV. Talk about a redemption story that just keeps going. You remember what ass that thing was when it launched? Oh yeah, and like what it's become. Like that is so beautiful. Congratulations. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I've seen a video game. I, you know what? I can say this for sure. I have not seen people talk about a video game the way they talk about Final Fantasy fourteen since everyone's memory of playing Mario sixty four for the first time. It has that same type of just like. Everyone that experienced it had the same experience and they will talk about it for the rest of their life. And the difference is this is a game and the moments that just continue to be given to them (laughs) over time. It is an ongoing playing Mario 64 for the first time moment. (laughs) It's, it's a miracle. I, and a lot of games as a service really annoy me, but this is, this is the best games as, as a service story of all time, because that game was dog shit when it launched and they turned it into the best mmo out there uh with the possible exception of eve if you're you know really into numbers um and it's just what a story it really gives me hope that's one of those ones where i'm like when i gripe and complain about things i'm like no no remember final fantasy 14 things can get better things can get better uh speaking of better Games for Impact, we got Life is Strange True Colors winning that. I think this is the only thing that game won. Greg was really upset about that. Uh, but hey, it got something. 
Next up, we have Best Performance. This goes to Maggie Robertson as Lady Demetrescu from Resident Evil Village. Uh, this was another contentious one from uh, our live reaction at the, at the very least. Um, I love Resident Evil Village. I think it's, it's it's a really damn good video game. I don't think it's the best video game. I think it's weird that it's up there for Game of the Year. Um, but, hey, I liked your performance. Why the hell not? They're, they all, the problem is all five of these people delivered stellar performances. I don't know how to judge this kind of performance. Uh, I, I think that my biases are going to have more to do with how I latched onto a character mm-hmm. than they are with the actual strength of the performance necessarily. So I'm probably leaning more into the Deathloop world here because uh, I really enjoyed those particular performances. And I think that there's some perspective in some people's heads that this probably had to do with the memification of resident evil village but the fact of the matter is she she delivered a stellar stellar body of acting in this and deserves to be recognized for it so congratulations uh next up we got best audio design forza horizon 5 uh then next up after that we got best score music going to near replicant Version one dot one dot two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Um, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised by this win. Not because the quality of music isn't there. Of course, it is. The near music is ridiculous. Like it's the type of game soundtrack that even if you haven't played the game, you can put on on Spotify and have a damn good day. You know, Jared. Uh, yeah. But I just thought that it, like, this being the the, the title that it is, not being like the biggest pushed thing in the near universe. I didn't expect it to to get it, but hey, congrats. Yeah, I, I don't think that I'm conversant enough on this to give informed commentary. I, I listen to a lot of video game music, but this year in particular, I haven't put as much attention into new game music as I as I normally do. So I'm just gonna trust the uh the voters on this. Yeah, my my vote would have been, and my vote was actually Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and not just because oh it had excellent license music, because it did. It had excellent license music, but the score itself was fantastic and phenomenal and well used throughout the entire emotional journey that is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, while being different from the movie version. But moving on, best art direction went to Death Loop. Another one I'm a little surprised by. I thought Death Loop uh, should have won a whole bunch of awards. Art direction, not so sure. That's the the one that I would have given to this. I uh, yeah, I, I, it does have. I mean, it's got a very, very distinct vibe, and and that is a result of the art direction, and and that that world does feel like a coherent, interesting place that's sort of like a place you've been before, but not quite. So I do think it a standout art direction, but this is one of those places where I think Psychonauts two. I mean, the fact that every mind in Psychonauts 2 is effectively a new artscape, it almost reminded me of Mario Odyssey in that. Uh, And I I do think that this was a really good place for Psychonauts 2 and also Ratchet & Clank, which is just so... Technically insane. Technically excellent. But in terms of the art direction, I'm going to probably say Psychonauts 2 would would have uh, been my pick here. Um, Deathloop, however, does have great art direction, so I'm not going to complain too loud. I mean, mine would have been Artful Escape, but that's not a surprise to anybody that has heard me talk in the show for the last couple of months. Uh, I haven't played on. Artful Escape, so I'm Oh, that. Jared Petty. This weekend, set aside three hours and have a okay. time of your life, man. Uh, All right. It is a Tim Gettys ass game. I, I don't. I think you'll enjoy it. I do think you'll enjoy it, but I don't know. I don't know if it'll it'll hit for you as hard as Inscription. <laughs> well, I, I'm I keep 
rambling about inscription just because I it's very rare a video game does something I've never seen before. And that's also entertaining. And that's why you know, I'll stop rambling about it now. Yeah, I'm excited. Until we, get, uh, until next, we get to the indie category. Next up, we got best narrative. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck yeah, man. I think this is so well-deserved. It is a fantastic story. And I think that for it to be a fantastic story, it has to kind of uh, – achieve a little bit more than just being good it has to rival what we're all so familiar and loving and i think that it, it it went above and beyond and it told a story that i prefer to even the mcu versions of the guardians characters and that is very impressive to me i am uh i i, I i'm happy for it uh i thought that game was doomed when i first saw it just just looking at the art style and the way it was originally marketed and it is a stellar story of a very good video game that actually got the attention and love it deserved, despite perhaps the best efforts of the people trying to promote it. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I'm really happy it did well. Uh, I have a lot of love for Psychonauts 2 in this. And personally, that's where I'd have gone. But uh, it's hard to argue against Guardians. It's, yeah. it's such a, a delightful, delightful story. Good year for narrative. Good year. Uh, easily. I think yeah, a lot of the games here are are well-deserving. Next up, we got Best Game Direction, went to Deathloop. I absolutely think this is the right call. Like, I think this is the award for this game, for sure. I and confer. I then, confer. finally, the big one, Game of the Year, goes to It Takes Two. Shocking, I think, literally every single person. Uh, this, I thought, was a, a foregone conclusion. It was going to be Deathloop. Every single person I talked to felt the same way. Um, it takes two. I know a popular game for a lot of people and a, a, one of the favorites of a lot of people that were playing, but for it to win the game awards game of the year, I really think is a signal of trends shifting for what the game awards actually are. And we got Sekiro a couple years ago and now we're getting this. Like, I think that it's very cool and it's not always just going to be the last of us part twos. Um, but yeah, this is very interesting to me. Yeah, I, I'm happy to see a game that's that's not coming from the super duper uber triple A space. I I can't agree with the pick, even though I'm excited about seeing a game like it six two highlighted. Um I think that its multiplayer award was was probably more appropriate than this one, looking at I what agree. was up against. I I think Dread was Dread's the people people are gonna write essays about Dread someday. Um and in terms of what it did for level design. And I'm going to go back to this again, but Psychonauts 2 was, I think, just criminally underrated. Uh, I just don't think it had the the marketing backing it needed to, to make its case. I, I think that Dread and Psychonauts were, were both better choices here. I like Deathloop a lot. Uh, I think I preferred it to It Takes Two as well. Uh, Barrett Courtney hasn't uh, stopped talking about Psychonauts 2 for great reason. Everyone should go check it out. It's on Game Pass, so it's available. But uh, Jared, I'm so stoked that this game of the year, we have six games. Three yeah. of them are 3D platformers, and one of them is a Metroid game. <laughs> yes. yes, this is <laughs> a good go. year. I mean, let's go! It's a very Tim Gettys Awards, right? I mean, this it's is true. your thing. This is what I you know. love. And I know. It's so good being here with you, watching you get all excited about that. What a year for games. And, you know, it, it's been a weird one. It's yeah. been a weird one. Now, it's here's been the thing, a though. It's been Jared, you know, we just Jared, talked a lot about you know, the games, about uh, but now we got to talk uh, about the commercials. Talk about commercials. And speaking of commercials, let me tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. There's no denying it, it's officially the holiday season. And after all that Thanksgiving cooking you just did, plus the cooking you're about to do for whatever other holiday you celebrate, you're probably not going to want to add tonight's dinner to that to-do list. So let DoorDash take care of it. You can also get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. I love DoorDash. We use it constantly. And it is such an easy thing to, to use for me and Gia when we're just trying to hang out, watch something, keep it simple for the night. Next thing you know, food's being delivered. It's safe, it's secure, and we are no longer hungry. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code G-A-M-E-S-2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to Honey. It's gift-giving season, and you have no excuse to buy everyone you love the worst, cheapest gifts imaginable. Why? because Honey is about to save you tons of money when you shop online. Honey is your personal online shopping assistant. It scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. It's so easy to use. Everyone should be doing it. I've been using it for years. I've saved literally thousands of dollars, both for me and for Kind of Funny, using Honey. You install it once, you never need to think about it again. It's just saving you money. If you don't already have Honey, you can be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, installs in just a few seconds, and by getting it, You'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. And finally, shout out to American Giant. If there's one good thing that came out of the mess that 2020 and 2021 have been, it's that people have started to prioritize comfort over style. You know what I'm talking about. But with American Giant's obsession with quality details, you can be comfy, cozy, and stylish. I love American Giant. I recently got a bomber jacket. Nobody's surprised, but it's this really pretty blue. I've never seen one like it, and I am a big fan. It's super comfy, keeps me warm, just like I like. American Giant is about the journey, not just the destination. They're obsessed with the details from start to finish, so they use the best quality materials and support local manufacturers and workers, which is always great. Slate called their hoodie the greatest hoodie ever made so find out why explore american giants collection of durable essentials at american-giant.com and you can get 20 percent off when you use code kfgd at checkout that's 20 percent off at american-giant.com promo code kfgd american-giant.com promo code kfgd and now we're back we're going to talk about the announcements of the Game Awards. Um, I'm getting this from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. Uh, but like I said, you can check out our live reactions to the entire thing over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. But uh, Jared, I want to start with you. What did you think about the announcements overall at the Game Awards? I think the announcements were great, but not stellar. Uh, there, there, a lot of the announcements themselves were very exciting. For example, one I'm going to latch on to, Wonder Woman. I had no idea. Oh, my God. There's a Wonder Woman game. I want to play the hell out of a monolith Wonder Woman game. I have no idea what it is. I got some CG and a logo, and that's it. So in terms of hearing about a game, I, I went from, like, didn't know this existed to, dear Lord, baby Jesus, I got to play this. But I didn't get to see any of it. So in terms of the power of what was announced, it was great. In terms of the satisfaction of actually seeing something I wanted to see, it wasn't so great. Um, 
I think uh, some places where we had delightful, delightful surprises. I mean, that that Cuphead announcement, just the whole way they handled it, from the lead-in song to the kind of Isle of Misfit Toys vibe to that. It, it was just to the that release was date, the moment. Of, Jared Petty. Yeah, to the release date. My that birthday. was a moment of the night. My for birthday. Me. Your, oh, your birthday? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, it's my gift. I got to send you some cookies. Oh, I Thank haven't you. sent you my good cookies yet, have I? You have not sent me your good cookies, Jared. Oh, you're gonna love them. But yeah, <laughs> I, so I I'd say if we're putting this on a uh, on a on a letter scale, I think it was a B night for announcements. I saw a lot of things I want to play, but I didn't have that that packed feeling I've gotten from some shows. Yeah, it's so interesting. I I think for me. I Kevin, I'm getting a bit of a delay uh, every once in a while. Just letting you know, but no, you're hearing um, an echo. I think that's sorry. I'm hearing an echo. Yeah, yeah. I think it's coming through Jared's headphones. Oh, gotcha. oh, I apologize. I I will try to. Yeah, if you want to just how about... just, a, just a pinch, but I apologize. Not, we, we, it's it's not terrible. How about now? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I'm just going to keep talking. Well, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. But um, I think we're just getting more and more spoiled as we go on of our expectations for these, like for everything that we could ever want to be announced in one night. It's just never going to happen. And I I think in comparison to how things used to be, we just get stellar shows nowadays. And uh, people are often like, oh, Tim gets overhyped about this stuff. I'm like, I'm just excited that there are nights that exist that we're getting multiple handfuls of announcements of consequence across the the board of what announcements can be whether they are game reveals for the very first time updates on games we're looking for release date announcements um or something in between those things right and i think that we got a very nice showing of a bunch of those variations last night um i think more than we've ever gotten at the game awards like comparing it to I, i know a lot of people were saying that last year's show had more exciting announcements Last year, we got the next Mass Effect that was essentially just a logo, if even. Like, didn't even have a title. Just like, hey, we're doing Mass Effect. We got Arc 2 with Vin Diesel. We got uh, Perfect Dark, which is very exciting. Uh, the Callisto Protocol, a new story-driven game from the creators of Dead Space. Uh, and that's pretty much it in terms of, like, the big announcements. Whereas here, we got a, a ton of stuff, including a Wonder Woman game. And you saying, like, oh, we, we didn't really see it. You're right, but I appreciate that we did see a lot of Hellblade too, right? Like I, I yeah, like and, the and game again, awards. I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just saying I, I appreciate that not every um, announcement or reveal or commercial for the way we're kind of calling these things needs to be the same. And in fact, I don't think they should be the same because if every single thing was just gameplay, 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 it would become noise just like this show kind of starts to feel like with the commercial aspects already. Right. So I appreciate that to me, we were genuinely shocked and surprised that a Wonder Woman game uh, was revealed. Nobody knew about that. And it's exciting that it's Wonder Woman and it's exciting that it's Monolith. So we do know what that game's going to be to an extent. I like that. You know, it's better than just, oh, Wonder Woman game's coming. If we didn't know who was working on it, we can't really put all that stuff together. But I like that that reveal was next to us actually seeing amazing looking gameplay of Hellblade 2. I do think that section yeah. went on a little too long. Uh, but like, I like that that's just the different styles of commercial that we could see. So are we going through these one by one, Tim? Let's or, go through uh, them one by one. We, all right. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about these. Yeah. I think I had like five of these I really cared about. And then I figure if everybody got five announcements, they really cared about out of the night. That's a pretty good night, right? 
I mean, that's an amazing night. Uh, so we got yeah. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss revealing The Matrix Awakens, an Unreal Engine 5 experience that you can play now. Uh, it was one of those tonight drops, uh, the night of the show. This thing looks incredible. And to me, this is what the Game Awards really strive to be, which is a celebration of games past, present, and future. Them really kind of focusing on the tech of Unreal Engine 5 that is going to be powering uh, the future of this generation of consoles. I think it's really cool. And tying that to a known property with The Matrix and celebrities with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss is kind of a best-case scenario for the Game Awards firing all cylinders, pleasing as many groups as possible. Yeah, I... I... I'm very excited about the movie. Uh, I, I was terribly disappointed by Matrix 2 and 3. I, I'd really love to see the Matrix land on a high note uh, and, and kind of a return to form. I hope that happens. The demo, the, 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 the experience is neat. It's a great tech tool. It's, it's, it's a great marketing tool. I'm not sure how excited I am for it as a game, but I'm glad it exists. It's It's cool. And cool things are, are fun to play around with. This wasn't like a, this didn't move the goalposts or anything for me, but I'm ex not the goalposts, the needle. I'm mixing up my metaphors. I shouldn't <laughs> be in meetings. I'm going to stop talking. Tim, take over. Save us. Save the show. Uh, one of the earliest reveals we got in the show was um, Star Wars Eclipse, a new action adventure game from Quantic Dream set in the High Republic. This trailer was very interesting to me, very exciting. I am in love with Star Wars. I always have been. And the High Republic is something that I don't know much about and I want to get into, but I am not willing to read books, Jared Petty, because I'm Tim Gettys. Uh, so the idea <laughs> of this being a, a video game, I'm excited about it being Quantic. I, I am excited about from a gameplay perspective. Obviously, Quantic Dreams has so many issues behind the scenes and at this point in front yeah. of the scenes. Uh, when it comes to workplace culture and all of that. And that's a major bummer. And that is despicable. And honestly, just like all the Bobby Kotick stuff going on at Activision, we need to see some change. Some of the things David Cage has said are just simply disgusting. And there, there needs to be actions on that. So all of that is absolutely true. I am excited about yeah. the idea of a Quantic Dream style Star Wars game. But it is hard to be as excited as I would normally be uh, with the the facts out there i i don't think i'm gonna play this uh, it, it's i i was this is i gosh i feel like i'm coming across so negative about things that you know how much i love star wars I used to work on star wars i mean I, I adore star wars i don't like the idea of a quantic dream star wars game both mechanically and because of these legacy issues you're talking about and the connection with with the company's checkered uh uh legacy i don't especially enjoy most quantic dream games um it just from a, a a writing standpoint anyway and with all this background stuff i just can't get excited so there's this game out there that i'm going to know about that i don't think i'm going to play just because it's they, they made a game about something i really like and they picked i think the wrong people to make it um, maybe I am full of crap there, but I, I don't think so. No, I, I mean, there's too many good games. So I'm going to be okay. I'll go on. There's, there's the nice thing is there's lots of Star Wars, right? So I can just do something else. Absolutely. I think that your thoughts are in line with a lot of people's. I, I happen to like the gameplay mechanics. I agree that I don't think any story of any Quantic Dream game has worked for me, but I do think that a Star Wars one with those gameplay mechanics could potentially work. And I want them to, obviously. I want to be excited. I want things to be good. Uh, but more than that, I want people to be treated fairly and correctly. Uh, and it doesn't seem to be the case over there. So 
That is yeah. unfortunate. Moving on, though, we got Alan Wake 2 officially announced. It's going to be Remedy's first survival horror game. Big reveal. Really exciting stuff, especially on the Xbox side of things. Like, Xbox is, is coming up, man. I was dancing on my couch. Um, this is a very, I, I joke about Jared-ass things. This is a Jared-ass announcement. Um, the, the folks that gave us Alan Wake coming along, the folks that just, just knocked it out of the park with control. And I'm like, you know what? Let's take Alan Wake to where he probably really needs to be a horror game that, that's got that survivally chase element to it. This is maybe, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for the Silent Hill sequel we never got with this. Interesting. Uh, and I think Remedy are good good folks to make that. So, heck yeah. Uh, next Let's up, we got fun. Wonder Woman game announced from Middle Earth Shadow of Mortar developers, Monolith Productions. Uh, I think that is very exciting. Um, this is a genuine surprise, which again, something that is rare gets rarer and rarer these days in, in video games and uh, specifically these showcases when there are more leaks and rumors and access than ever. So, hell yeah. Have you read the spoilers? For, have you read the spoilers for this yet? No. No, it's just Wonder Woman, and then there's a bunch of orcs, and what you do is you torture the orcs and you kill them, and then the orcs come back, gotcha. and they're stronger and they hate you, and that's the whole build for the game. That's, that's Gotcha, it. gotcha. And people are going to be happy. Uh, there was a new Elden Ring trailer. Uh, new Elden Ring trailer, and uh, also there was a new Horizon uh, Forbidden West trailer, and I, I appreciate this. I, this goes so back to what I'm be... saying about not every reveal needs to be the same kind of setup. These are just updates on games that we know are coming soon, and I appreciate that we can get these. Here's just some updates because we know you guys want to see more stuff, especially in this pandemic world where games just keep getting delayed. Uh, I don't ever want games to hit that death loop level of we've seen this so many damn times, but we have not hit that yet with Elden Ring and uh, Horizon. So I, I thought it was really cool having those here. Yeah, I, I love puppetry uh, and I love practical effects. And so that big walking pot, seriously, that that just did it for me. Like, it was great. I, I, I didn't really care about the trailer, but I was really excited about that pot. Like I, I'm obviously Elden Ring is my jam. That's a game I'm gonna play a hundred hours of. Uh yeah. I, I love from stuff and and so this is just but I I was very happy for more Elden Ring. That's great. Cool by me. And we got Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, seeing a first real gameplay. Uh, this is Rocksteady's first game in many, many years. They had Deborah Wilson come out uh, as Amanda Waller on stage. Again, I think a really good synergy of the celebrity on stage panache and charisma and everything uh, mixed with a game announcement, mixed with some gameplay. I thought this was awesome. Not my type of game. No, I'm not interested in this, but Barrett and Greg were really, really stoked. Does this do anything for you? Uh, not what I saw last night. Uh, I, if I see something different, if it turns out this thing's got a great story or really neat mechanical hooks, uh, maybe so, but what I saw last night didn't look like something I'm going to play. Mm -hmm. Um, I, th but this isn't, this is one of those, like, not for me, but looks like a good game that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Just not one I'm probably going to play. I see Barrett in the chat. I imagine it's Barrett uh, saying, I don't know if we were stoked. We were cautiously optimistic. So cool. There you go. Yeah. I honestly, this is the type of thing where I was looking at. I'm like, this does not seem like a fun game to me. And I'm a little surprised this is Rocksteady, but that is me being in ultra hater mode for sure. Where there's just a lot of elements. I'm like, I don't want it. A suicide squad game. <laughs> like I just don't want that. Uh, yeah. But I, I hope that other people do because it, it's happening. And I, I could, I could like us. Oh no, I could like a Suicide Squad game. I just, I was actually kind of disappointed by what I saw. I was looking forward to what this game could be, 
and this isn't exactly what I wanted, but they showed me. So I was like, eh, because I, I like DC Comics. I like the Suicide Squad. I, I think he built a fun game around it. Uh, then we got our first look, our first trailer at the Halo TV series coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. This is another one of those Metroid Dread type situations where I just can't believe we're actually getting it. Uh, we've heard about yeah. this thing for decades at this point, um, but it's real. It's coming to Paramount Plus. It looks like a Paramount Plus streaming type show, like uh, where it looks really good. Doesn't look perfect. Doesn't look movie quality. But honestly, I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, we get some characters. I think that's Dr. Halsey, which could be interesting. Uh, but yeah, this trailer definitely didn't give us as much as I expected. I'm a little bummed we didn't get a release date. Uh, but it is cool that we have pure confirmation that this thing is really happening. I actually was really into this. Okay, so as we all know, Halo ruined shooters. Uh, I and so much. This is quite right. no, I don't, no, no. Halo is Halo's fantastic. Halo is a great game, and I, I just, uh, I, I just like to tease folks about that. Uh -huh. um, but this, uh, actually, my favorite part of Halo is the lore. That's the part I really like about it. I like that they tried to create this really deep, lived-in authentic feeling universe and so the tv show appeals to me quite a bit and i liked what i saw last night i'm i'm gonna watch this yeah no i'm definitely gonna watch it too and i liked what i saw i just i kind of wish we saw more at this point like i, I we already knew it was coming in 2022 well you know, we like know I, it's I, effects it, it's effects heavy and they probably don't want to show too much stuff like i imagine they're still building most of the scenes my suspicion is that they're going to be building those effects up to a week before the thing releases in 2022 and they just can't show us more yet for a show like this uh we got hellblade 2 sonoa's saga gameplay trailer again looking utterly fantastic this is uh xbox once again kind of firing on all cylinders proving that they got the stuff they finally are delivering the games that we've been hoping they would for so many years and uh this looks like a big one this looks like it's going to be a, a real next gen push uh, I do think that this was a little long. Uh, six minutes of this gameplay trailer kind of dragged a little bit, but I appreciate that it was there. I appreciate that there was a extended gameplay of some video game being shown off at the Game Awards. It was a very involved trailer, uh, and it did feel long. I actually believe, this is this is just um, my opinion, that the problem with that trailer was not its length, that was the, the music. What's going on? Look at this thing. Um, that, what, 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 what's going on? I'm catching Kevin. What's up? Oh, I was just saying that, that we're watching the trailer and there's a giant yeah. uh, man that kind of looks like Vader at the end of three. Yeah, he's a big yeah. old man. That's he's a, a big, lot. he's going to be fiery in a minute here. He's going to be a fiery man. Here I don't like it. But I yeah, like I, I think the problem with this wasn't the link. I think it was the music. That trailer set to a soundtrack written specifically for that trailer would have been epic. The problem was the music didn't fit the pacing of the trailer. We didn't have those rises and falls to carry us through and help tell the story. I think it's kind of like you ever watch that video of the last scene of the original Star Wars with all the music stripped out of it where they're in the hall giving the medals? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, okay. Chewbacca does. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this felt like that. It was all you got to do is put a customized, well-placed soundtrack over this that rises and falls. And this goes from being a little too long to get hype. That's my opinion. So that's an, it's an interesting take because this is gameplay. So like this, yeah. they, they, the reason they didn't add epic trailer music is because like they weren't presenting this as an epic trailer. This is supposed to be 
actual gameplay, uh, which yeah. is is interesting. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm surprised yeah, this it, is what it, they decided playing, to show. It's fine. Yeah. When yeah. you're playing, it's fun, but they could have put different music over it. It would have been amazing. I, that's yeah. it, it just, they presented it like a trailer. You need to carry music carries the story. I, mm-hmm. I we video games have taught us this more than any other medium. Maybe if you don't have that music, it doesn't work. And yeah. trailers. Oh my gosh. Again, one of the, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but one of the fun opportunities I've had over the last many years is, is the chance to touch on some of the input and things like this. And Lord, just the, the you can switch songs out on the same footage and the change and emotional impact a single musical choice makes. It can take you from, it can take you from one out of 10 to 10 out of 10, man. It's incredible. absolutely power music man it's emotions uh for spoken got to re- got a release date may 24th 2022 they showed another trailer for this game i am very cautiously optimistic about it everything i've seen from it so far seems to be right up my alley uh i really am digging the performances we're seeing of course gary Witta is one of the writers on this so that's exciting as well yeah. but yeah may 24th feels good to me excited for that well done gary excited about that we got uh, the Horizon Forbidden West gameplay trailer I was talking about. Then we got the Sonic Frontiers trailer, uh, a little bit of an extended look compared to the reveal that we saw uh, back last year. Was it this year? At some point uh, during the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, event that they had. And it's interesting. It A lot of people are saying it kind of looks like Sonic Breath of the Wild. I think it looks a little bit more Sonic uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Like, sure, a lot of the, the visuals have a lot of breath of the wild colors um but it it seems to be a bit more focused on these these giant titan type things that we see at the end of the trailer how sonic gameplay fits into this i'm interested i don't think this is gonna work but i really fucking hope that i'm wrong and i hope this is an amazing video game i just really hope this is a game about sonic murdering 15 large sympathetic giants by stabbing them in the head with a sword while he murders his horse to raise his dead humanoid girlfriend. Like, I, I really hope it just goes full Why shadow, not? you know, shadow. There we go. Look at that. I know. Oh, I know. Dude. The hedge. Oh, shadow. shadow of the, Col- will there be a colossal shadow? That's what they're trying to tell us. Now I watched this and I was like, um, um, I appreciate the attempt at creativity, but I just, I, have you played the grapple dog demo on steam? Grapple dog. No. Yeah, Grapple Dog, you need to play this. It's a demo. Uh, it's this little indie game. It's the best Sonic game I've played in years. Like, it's about a little dog with a grappling hook, but when you play it, it feels like the best Sonic game you've ever played. Huh? And I I look at this, and I'm like, this is creative, I guess. I, I just, I don't know. I It feels, I don't like when Sega gets derivative. Sega is at its best when it's pushing boundaries. So, you know, you get something like, you know, geez, um, Valkyria Chronicles. Um, yeah, Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, we could name 50 things, and this isn't doing it for me. But then again, I, you know, i famous from the GameScoop days for, for saying mean things about Sonic. So, yeah, and I'm famous plenty for saying, of good Sonic saying nice things about Sonic. Uh, but I don't, I, I'm going to reserve things to say about this one till we see any gameplay because like i just really don't even understand what this is going to be it's hard unlike wonder woman where i'm like cool wonder woman monolith i get it this i'm like sonic the hedgehog 3d sonic the hedgehog and what looks like either breath of the wild or shadow of the colossus doesn't compute to me so we'll have to wait and see uh but what does compute is sonic the hedgehog 2 the movie trailer 
Oh yeah, baby. It looks awesome. I will say that the first half of this trailer kind of let me down while I, ah, this looks more of the first movie and like less of what I like about the first movie, which is kind of the more Sonic the Hedgehog gamey type stuff. Um, I don't, I thought we were going to be in other worlds a little more than it, than we seem to be like very earth focused here, but there's a shift in this trailer towards the end when shit just goes off the wall. We start seeing Sonic on the snowboard. We see the chaos emeralds. We see knuckles and it is fucking so stupid in the best ways possible. <laughs> I'm glad for you, Tim. I'm glad Thank for you. you. I, this is this is just I you know again I, there's the old meme I don't know how far back it goes Chet Sonic and his shitty friends right I I these I aren't the shitty mean. ones though they're, they're all, talking about Tails is cute they're not characters they're not characters these things they're oh, they're they are, Sonic they're... is barely a character he's a mascot he's barely a character I uh, and and the rest of these tails I love he's a great design but. I don't care about the inner struggles of Miles Prower. Um, and and when it comes to Knuckles, I'm just like, you know, at that point, it's just get fucked. Like, I, it's Idris Elba. Oh, my God. Show some goddamn respect this, to the boy. This is, this is what the Sonic fans want and deserve. And I am not going to be the one to tell them that they're wrong to accept yet another subpar product to consume as they have so many others. So, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I hope it's dope. I expect it. Oh, to be I hope it's dope too. I love movie. Ben Schwartz. I love oh, yeah. Ben Schwartz. I, 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 he's ideal casting for this. Elba's brilliant casting. I, again, the the first Sonic movie was far better than anyone had any right to believe it could be. Um, this one may surprise us too. This looked too much like a sequel to me. That was kind of my problem with it. Mm, mm. See, my thing is, I saw Sonic on a snowboard on a, a location that looks like it could be ice cap zone, which means we might get ice cap zone music. And that's all I really need. Cause we got Emerald Hill zone in the most epic fashion at the end of this trailer. And God damn it. After this show, I'm yeah. watching it again, uh, but moving on cuphead, the delicious last course finally makes its return. We're getting the release date, my birthday, June 30th, 2022, way later than I had expect, but I'm just so happy. We're actually getting this. This is the type of game that could have been canceled at any freaking moment i'm a little let down that it's still dlc i was hoping that after this long of a wait it was going to be uh turned into a full sequel but i'll take whatever i can get from cuphead it looks like some pretty meaty dlc too I, and that I, okay shut speaking of trailers this was the trailer of the night for leading in from the musical number to this like pseudo island of misfit toys vibe to this to that incredible classic cuphead style and the animation this was my get hype moment of the evening i think uh, along with alan wake like i was just like i am ready to explode with anticipation for playing this um cuphead's already proven its quality and i just i really do think that whoever designed this this trailer deserves a medal it, it's superb oh so damn good uh moving on we got star trek resurgence it's a post next generation game made by telltale veterans it looked really bad it did not look good um i will probably play this even though it didn't look good because it's star trek and it's i'm gonna pray there's a good story in there but it did not look good and it was also weird hearing hearing fake spock that was strange but uh i can't i can't apologize this is my like bad game moment you know sometimes we just lean into things that we shouldn't and unfortunately 
Star Trek is a place where I have, have terrible blinders. So I'll probably play this. Uh, we got The Expanse getting a Telltale series. It's a prequel yeah. story. Kev, you excited about that? Yes. Biggest Expanse <laughs> fan I know, and that's the level of energy we're bringing to it. Next up, we got a Plague Tale <laughs> Requiem gets a brand new trailer. Uh, a, a favorite for a lot of people, so we're getting a, a sequel is really cool. Uh, then we got a whole bunch of other things that are a little bit smaller. We got Among Us coming to VR, which is kind of fun. We got a new gameplay trailer for Saints Row, uh, Silent Hill. Don't you Creator. dare skip Doom. Don't you dare skip Doom. Oh, I, I, saw, I saw you go. Okay, I'm going back. I worked going. my Keep way up. Right. We got Silent Hill All Creator right. announces a new game, Slitterhead. It looks weird. I don't know about it. Uh, then we got Dune Spice Wars. It's a four yeah. times real time strategy game. What does that mean? Everyone was giving me shit for four. not knowing what that means. What's four times mean? 4x um and it stands for it, it's it has to do with things like exploration expansion anyway civilization just think civ it's a okay. civ type right. dune game okay cool. that's what 4x means when you see 4x oh, cool. that means like a civ type game that's the easy way to understand it but yeah it does and some people are excited about this because because dune is is very well suited for that but also a little bit of video game history here the first truly successful uh real-time strategy game really in history was uh dune 2 uh which was also based on on this franchise and it was an excellent strategy game it wasn't 4x style it was real-time strategy style but that's why some people uh that are of a certain age were getting really excited about this because dune 2 broke open and created the whole command and conquer world and everything that followed really to the to the, like kind of top or high symmetric mobas we have today uh that all kind of came out of that so that's why they were excited very cool. Uh, moving on from that, we got a bunch more smaller things and some kind of big deals that are just uh, quick mentions. But Xbioware devs reveal fantasy Victorian survival game Nightingale. Uh, Tiny Tina's World Wonderlands trailer shows off some chaotic fantasy action. Another example of just we've seen the game a lot, but now we got more. We got a March 26th release date. Crossfire X is coming to Xbox on February 10th. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak expansion uh, with some more new NPCs and stuff. A big one, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade coming to PC, coming to Epic Game Store next week. So that's a, a huge announcement. Um, obviously not as big yeah. as the sequel would be, but very cool, very exciting, unexpected. Uh, we'll get that sequel in 2027, don't worry. Eventually, eventually. Uh, Dying Light 2, we saw another cinematic trailer. That That is an example of a game that... Uh, we don't need to see more. We've seen a whole bunch, but I guess marketing has to happen for it at some point once it actually releases. We got Warhammer Space Marine 2 announced. That was really big for a small group of people. Uh, we have Destiny 2, the Witch Queen trailer with the February 2nd release date. Tunic finally gets a release date. The Zelda-like Tunic gets a release date of March 16th, 2022. Uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax announced for PS4, Switch, and PC. Rumbleverse. That was just a troll. That was just a it trip. really was like it's always going to be with Atlas at this point. Like, come on, guys. it's just like, Dude, come on, guys, just put P4G on Switch. Come on, all right, anyway. Uh, Rumbleverse, it's a brand new brawler take on Battle Royale from Iron Galaxy and Epic Games. Uh, in this game, 40 players will drop into a map and engage in melee brawls to be the last one standing. Cool idea, we'll see if it has legs. I kind of doubt it, but at this point, anything can happen uh doke v got a rockstar music video extended cut this game looks weird but it looks really good visually uh lord of the rings Gollum, the untold story got another trailer oh. 
Go for it. I have thoughts about this. So I had not seen the original trailer for this. I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of the existence of this game. Mm-hmm. So when they showed it and they showed the like orcs and he was, I have actually joked about this earlier in the, the show, but when he had the lava over their heads, so I was like, oh my Lord, they're making a sequel to Shadow of Mordor and it's just Golem trolling orcs for 50 hours, like in that whole canonical Mordor thing. That would be the most amazing video game. Like, because there's actually a canonical story about Golem being in Mordor, hiding from orcs, being captured by Sauron. I was like, oh, my Lord, they're going to do it. And then I was so disappointed. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, no, this, if I remember correctly, this was the first next-gen game to ever be shown. Uh, And then we're still hearing about it, and there's still not a release date. All right. Uh, PUBG's going free to play. Babylon's Fall gets a release date of March 3rd. Uh, Tachia gets a release window trailer of uh, 2022 into spring. Annapurna reveals Thirsty Suitors, which is essentially Scott Pilgrim versus the world, uh, but it's a video game. Um, then, Hey, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is a video game available it- physical from limited run games. Oh, there we go. Get it in, Jared. We got the, another Somerville trailer, uh, Planet of Lana, which looks awesome from Thunderful Games, a whole bunch of these smaller indie titles and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, you can go check out that. There was a ton more of those type of announcements. But overall, a lot of really cool stuff varied across the board. Um, Jared, I want to move on to our third story of the day, the final story of the day. Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Nintendo Switch Online uh, in January. Now, here's the deal. We've been going long on this show, so we're going to end it here. Uh, But in the post-show, I want to talk to Jared a little bit about Nintendo Switch Online and about uh, their announcement of Banjo-Kazooie coming in January without a specific date. What the fuck are you doing, Nintendo? Come on, figure your lives out. But before we get to that exclusive post-show, Jared, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Where can people find you? People can find me at Petty Comma Jared on Twitter, uh, where they can yell at me for that inaccurate statement I just made. We did produce Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and it's uh, uh, but it's not actually available for purchase anymore. So I don't before anybody runs to buy it. We've actually already uh, take closed our pre-orders on that. So sorry about that, folks. Um, but uh, anyway. We move on. Yeah, you can find me at Petty Comma Jared on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at the same place on Instagram, and I hope you will. You can listen at the Top 100 Games Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at all, etc., Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your podcasts are each and every episode. We bring on a new and different face to talk about one of the Top 100 video games of all time. Tim Geddes has been a guest on that show other members of the Kind of Funny family have been guests on that show. We continue. Uh, I'm pretty excited about the next episode, which is about one of my all-time favorites, Spoilers Friends. It's the Oregon Trail, and it's about oh. to go live. So that's pretty exciting. That's right. Number 39, Oregon Trail. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're going to talk. have a pretty in-depth discussion about that with um, Ben from MinMax. And, of course, Limited Run Games, where I work now, um, I – Seriously, y'all, it, we make some really neat stuff. It's a it's a cool setup. We open up windows for pre-orders. Uh, you, most of our games are no longer actually limited. You can just come in as long as you come in during the pre-order window, make your pre-order. That tells us how many to produce. Then we close the pre-orders down, ship it when it's ready. You get a great game and a physical package that can be yours forever. You get some really cool packings of collectibles to certain editions. We do everything from like the, that cool Musuhime-sama arcade cabinet that we just set up that, that was radical. There's games like the Red Lantern coming. Oh, what a neat game that is. And uh, we have a podcast, by the way, called Runtime. Limited Run Games podcast, and I host that now. So uh, if you want to come on and listen to us, that's a lot of interviews with devs and things like that. It's a big part of what we do there. So if you want to learn about how video games are made, 
it's a really cool place. We interview particularly a lot of indies about things, and that's that's kind of a fun place to go. I, I think you'd enjoy it. It's a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with game creators. Uh, so that was a lot. Sorry for all the that. That was a, a great deal there. But um, yeah, buy Kotor uh, before the uh, pre-order window closes because it's rad. And if you want Scott Pilgrim, I apologize again. It's uh, it's actually closed, but sure is a good video game. And uh, hell yeah. Well, I love you, Jared, very much. He's going to join me for the post show for Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games members. But for everyone else, love you. Goodbye.